seeing yet, and uh, wonderful things have happened. We were missionaries for many years, almost 12 years in the nation of Mexico, and then uh, a little over 11 years ago, the Lord began to deal with my heart about a change and asked us to go to the second largest Spanish-speaking nation in the world, the country of Spain. I didn't know anything about Spain at that time, uh, not much about the church work or anything of that nature, but I knew what I felt in my spirit. And so when I made the call and expressed a desire to change fields and go elsewhere, I was asked the question, why would you want to leave a revival field as Mexico has been and go to a field like Spain that has been our largest struggle in the Spanish-speaking world? And uh, we've never had real breakthrough there. And uh, the only answer I had was, I feel it's the will of God. And and, uh, you know, everybody, though, that goes before that foreign missions board always says the same thing, always says it's the will of God. And so uh, the brother there wanted, to, wanted a second reason. He said, do you have a second reason? I really didn't at the moment. But, uh, you know, I thought to myself, thought number one was good enough. But uh, since he was the boss, I didn't say that. I just started to think very quickly. And I said, yes, sir, I do. He said, what's that? I said, you've told me for 10 minutes why Spain has not been able to have a Jesus name apostolic revival, that they've never had it. I said, that's reason number two. Hallelujah. He said, what do you mean? I said, if they've never had it, it's about time they do. Amen. And I don't mean that arrogantly. I mean that with all of my heart. Because the scripture says that God is no respecter of persons, that he would pour out of his spirit on all flesh and and I don't believe God is a liar. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. And so for the last 11 years, uh, this summer will be 11 years, my family and I have been involved in the work of God in Spain. We started with five small churches. We had to close two of those fairly quickly. But uh, three churches and around 70 people. Had our work cut out for us, but thank God today it's the fastest growing field in Western Europe at this time. We have 33 churches and a little over 4,000 believers in a country. They said, oh, you can't have it over there. Don't tell me that. Hallelujah. Don't tell me that. God loves people. He loves people. And, uh, and I have to add a little bit to what Pastor was asking here I am, uh, uh, went, when I went there, did not depend on talent, depended on two other things, and, and uh, one is called intercessory prayer. I believe that we have a power in intercessory prayer that will bring down every stronghold. Hallelujah. And I don't say that lightly. I say it because we have been involved in this for a long, long time, and I believe that's one of the greatest reasons why that we've had a breakthrough in a nation that had not had one. And number two, uh, I believe that we must get the word of God outside of the church house and in the field where it will produce. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, now we talk about inviting folks to church, and I'm certainly not against inviting people to church. We do that. But Jesus he didn't say, go ye into all the world and invite them to church. He said, go ye and make disciples or teach. And teach and teach. Hallelujah. 
I like how it says it in Spanish. And Pastor, you got on, on, on the New King, King James Version. The Spanish version is probably a little closer to, to the original language. And, and uh, when he said to go and teach in Spanish, it says, Hacer discípulos. Hacer is the command form that means I, I tell you to make disciples. I command you to make disciples uh, out of them. And so uh, I challenged my church. And I've been big on this for years and years, uh, teaching Bible studies. And, and I challenged my church last year. And we were in a, a leadership retreat. I am the uh, overseer of the work in Spain. And so uh, I pastor a church and have too many hats, really. And so... Uh, I've had to emphasize uh, my leadership, just helping us carry the load of that local church. And I found out that they can do a really good job. Hallelujah. So we were in our planning retreat last year. I have a building that uh, in, in Madrid is, I don't know, it's about as wide as this building. Maybe just a little bit longer, not much longer in and uh, we have absolutely no room to put anybody else in that building. We have chairs all the way up into the altar area. And uh, to have an altar service, we have to give about a minute warning so the youth can stack their chairs over on the side and make a little room in the altar. And uh, we were making plans to go to a different building. You've got to understand the challenge that is in a European capital if you think things are expensive around here, live in Europe and uh, then live in a European capital. It's so much more. You, know, you remember when gas was $4 a gallon here? I got here and had to pay only 4 I said, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And man, that came down from about 9 or $10 a gallon. And I was glad that it only cost me $75 to fill up my tank here. And, and uh, so quite the challenge. And uh, we are trying to raise certain funds to do that. And I've taught my church that we're not going to depend on others. We're going to depend on God and our hard work. Hallelujah. And so uh, my ladies set their goals and the men set their goals and the youth set their goals. And I believe if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. But you better set your goals high. Hallelujah. And so they did that. And uh, one of my college graduates, Brother Carlos by name, Brother Carlos is a brilliant young man. He said, Brother Sones, you need to know something. He said, the economists have predicted, this was the beginning of 2008, have predicted a two-year-long economic crisis, not just a crunch, but a crisis. And uh, said that not only Spain is going to go into it, but Europe would as well. And uh, we better adjust our sights. We better adjust our goals. And uh, the Holy Ghost came over me when he said that. And I felt the Lord tell me, he said, tell your leaders that Spain may be going into a crisis. And Europe may be going into a crisis. But tell them that I have absolutely no plans on going into a crisis anytime soon. Hallelujah. Tell them that it's my will for my church to go forward and for there to be revival like never before. Praise God. And so I challenged them last year. I knew that I would be leaving in the month of March and that I wouldn't be there. But I challenged them to make 2008 the greatest year that 
our church has had in its 11 years. They took me to the task. They taught 221 people a home Bible study, of the which 178 received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Our greatest year yet in that assembly. Don't let the outside world dictate how much revival we can or cannot have. This is the hour of revival. This is the hour where a church can just go after it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Man, we're not. Hallelujah. You may be going through certain trials and tribulations, but I want you to know that in the big middle of it, God is not in a crisis, and I'm not going to let the outside world tell me what I can do for God and what I should do for God. I'm going to let God tell me what I ought to do for Him. I'm going to let Him tell me what I ought to do, and whether I understand it or not, I'm just going to do it. Hallelujah. And I found out that God is bigger than any circumstance. He'll give revival. Hallelujah. I got an email Sunday after or Sunday morning, which is Sunday afternoon in Spain. They're seven hours ahead of us. They told me in the church that I am privileged to pastor. Had 17 receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost in that Sunday morning service. Three on Thursday night. You say, oh, you must have a great evangelist and a great revival. No, didn't have any evangelist. But what I do have is a bunch of saints of God. Hallelujah. That are not so busy with life that they've gone out there and found somebody to teach a Bible study too. And if you'll do that, they'll get hungry and thirsty for righteousness. And Jesus said, they shall be filled. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Do you want revival, church? Do you want a you want a revival? This building wouldn't even begin to hold. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It doesn't depend on God, it depends on you. Amen. You say, that sounds wild. No, God's been ready and been ready for a long time. God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But the harvest depends on how much seed we sow. And if we'll sow enough seed, we'll have a harvest that this warehouse will not contain. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And I want to... Be respectful of my brother's time. This is the first time I'm going to get to hear somebody else preach, and I don't know when, so I'm looking forward to it. Praise God. I usually hear me, and I get tired of me, and so I even have to get some new sermons so I won't backslide. Praise God. <laughs> Man, I love the Word of the Lord, and I love His work. I love His people, and I want you to understand that it depends on how willing we are to go find somebody that's hungry and find somebody that's thirsting. You say, how do we do that, Brother Sones? Get on your face before God and say, Lord, you know who's hungry. You saw Zacchaeus up in that tree. You knew what house that, that uh, Saul of Tarsus was in. You know exactly who's hungry. Show them to me, and I will teach them. I will reach them. Hallelujah. And I tonight feel, just feel so strongly that sometimes we're fearful and we're intimidated. We've got to go beyond that church. If we're going to have the kind of revival that God wants to give us, 
I don't mean be brash and ugly, but I mean get bold in the Holy Ghost and say, God, I'm tired of coming to church with just me and my family. I want somebody else to come. I want somebody else to receive this beautiful message that we believe in. Amen. Praise God. And if you'll ask the Lord, He'll tell you who's hungry. And if you start with somebody that's hungry, your odds of getting them in the church are going to be so much higher. Hallelujah. Let's have revival in this year. Let's don't wait till next year. Let's say, God, the time is now. Show me what I can do. Show me who I can win for you in this hour. We're anxious to get back to, to Spain. And I'm not allowed by the Spanish government to take any support at all from that nation. And uh, they, you say that's a disadvantage. No, it's not. Because of the income that has come in in the church that I pastor, we have started 13 daughter works in 11 years. And they have started 12 daughter works out of those churches. Hallelujah. It is time for a Jesus name apostolic revival in every country. I don't care about the excuses. It's time to reach this world with the gospel that saves. Hallelujah. Oh, stand to your feet and give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Let's magnify him right now. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory to your name. Hallelujah. Oh, bless that wonderful name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Man, it's good to hear what God is doing. Amen. Man, praise the Lord. Brother Stones, you could have just continued on. I was enjoying that. Amen. God is in this house. Amen. God has a message for this church tonight. Amen. Amen. I got, the Lord laid this on my heart earlier this week, and I've been thinking about this and praying about this and uh, and, and the title of this message tonight is Calling All Laborers. Amen. Amen. I believe God wants to speak to us tonight. Amen. God is wanting somebody to get hungry enough for revival. Amen. Somebody is, God is wanting somebody in this church to get hungry enough for revival. Amen. The harvest is re ready. Amen. God's looking for somebody to labor. Amen. God is calling this church to labor. Amen. He can provide the harvest. Amen. But He is calling all laborers tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. If you turn to Matthew chapter 20. Amen. Beginning in verse 1. Well, the songs, I apologize. You've got to listen to me on your only night. <laughs> Amen. If you'd have come last Thursday, you could have heard Brother Epley. Amen. I pray God anoint this tonight. Matthew chapter 20 and verse 1. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard, 
And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. And again he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle. Amen. And said unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? They said unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard said, saith unto his steward, Call the laborers, and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more. They likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, which have borne against the good man of the house, saying that these, these last have yet but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst, thou, didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is, and go thy way. I will give unto the last unto this last even as unto thee is it lawful not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own is thine eye evil because I am good so the last shall be first and the first last for many are called but few are chosen amen if you put your Bibles down lift your hands tonight and pray that God would just anoint this uh, message tonight God I pray Lord that you would anoint this time Lord this, this word God anoint me Jesus God use me Lord for your glory Let us hear this tonight, God. God, I pray you would open our ears tonight. God, let us receive it tonight, God. Let us put this down in our hearts, Jesus. God, let us get it inside of us, Lord. Speak to us, Jesus. God, I want to hear from you tonight. God, I want to hear from you, Lord. I want to hear from you, Lord. God, hallelujah. God, I worship you tonight. I thank you, Lord, tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. God is calling laborers tonight. Amen. Amen. My thought tonight I would like to take from the very first verse. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. Amen. God's vineyard, amen, is ready for harvest. Amen. God's vineyard, God has a harvest, amen, that is ready. Amen. It says, he says, the kingdom of heaven is likened to this man. Amen. Jesus is saying, this, this is what my kingdom is like. He's saying, he's comparing his kingdom to a, a householder. That his vineyard is ready for harvest. It is ready in the field to the point where not only does he go out early in the morning and call laborers, but he knows that time is of the essence. And he knows that the, the hour is drawing nigh. Amen. The Bible says that night cometh and no man shall work. 
So not only does this householder go out early in the morning, he doesn't wait and, 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 and wait for someone else. He wants to get there early. And he has come, amen, and says, you know what? I need this harvest, and I need it in now. And so he comes early. He gets labors, but he goes out again and hires more labors. Amen. And he goes out again and again and hires more labors. Amen. God is calling labors today. Amen. I think we have, uh, I, I, the church today, I think we need our mindset somewhat changed. I know in this Monday night class, I'm very much enjoying this financial class. Amen. There's some that love Dave Ramsey. There's some that are growing to love Dave Ramsey. And there's some that hate Dave Ramsey's guts. Right? Because he's, he's forcing you to change the way you've always thought. And we don't like that. As human beings, human nature is we don't like change. And so... For me, I, it's a new concept. And for those that, that are first time, they may have never heard of it. It's a new concept. And at first, it's kind of confusing and not understanding. But when you get it, it clicks. And you realize, you know what? This might actually work. I might get through this, and, and I might figure out how to win with money. Right? That's what we're learning on Monday night. Not just to get by. Not just to... Uh, uh, maybe make ends meet but it's to succeed and to win but there's a paradigm there's a mind change amen I think us as a church not just this church but the church is praying that God would send a harvest and, and, and send a harvest and God send us a harvest and God let there be hungry people God I want hungry people I've prayed that before amen and, and we're praying for God to God let there be a harvest and God's saying there is a harvest there is a harvest I'm not looking for a harvest I can provide the harvest amen only God can provide the increase amen but he's looking for somebody to plant the seeds he's looking for somebody to water amen he's looking for somebody to be a labor tonight amen God I want to be a labor God is calling out to the church change your mindset the field is white. It's ready for harvest. I'm not looking for a harvest. I've got one. It's ready for you. I'm looking for you tonight. Change your mindset. Change the way you think because it's ready. The harvest is ready. I'm looking for labors. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is calling you tonight. Not just to sit and... God, I tell you, we sit a lot of times and, and say, you know what? I, I wish we, we could... We need to have better church and... We need to have better church. We need to have better worship. And, and you know what? A lot of times, God's saying, you know what? Why don't you have good church at work? Why don't you have good church at, at the grocery store? Why don't you have good church? Amen. This is a place where we say, you know what? There's no, we, we, we're, we want to see visitors. I think we all want to see a, a house full of people. I think we all want to see revival. I think we all want to see the harvest, amen. I think we all want to see the new people coming in. Amen. But God didn't call you to do anything but to reap the harvest. Amen. There's a difference in praying God send a harvest and God let me reap the harvest. Amen. It takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of effort to reap. 
Amen. This isn't a free ride. Amen. You may be able to, to, to reap the harvest. You may be able to take what's out there. Amen. But it takes work. I have friends in, that, that live in North Dakota and they farm. And I've spent time talking with them. It's just so interesting. Because Jesus used so many parables uh, relating to, to farming and, and the seed and, and to those sort of things. And it's just interesting. One interesting thing is uh, there's a certain type of plant, and I can't remember the. And, and it literally, it grows, with, it, it grows in a certain spiral, the way it grows up. And it kind of curls this way. But there is a weed, amen, that looks identical. Identical to the plant that was planted, to the seed that was planted. But the only difference, the only way that you can tell the difference between the two, when he showed me this, it blew my mind. He took the one and, and, and he showed me the twist in it, was the seed. But he took the weed that wasn't planted, it just grew up. And, and he took it, and the twist was the exact opposite direction as the seed that was planted. But, and it had no seed within itself. Amen. The only difference between, so the parable that says, you know, the, the enemy sowed the tares in with the good seed. Jesus said, don't, don't worry about it. I'll separate it when it comes time. Amen. He said, because you're going to end up messing it up. I know the difference. It may be subtle. It may not be shown to, the, to, the, to your eye, but God knows the difference between a wheat and tear. Amen. And so this, this concept of reaping, amen. The Bible says that, uh, uh, that we're going to have the, the poor that are going to be with us. It says, don't glean every part of you. Leave the corners and leave the edges. Amen. And he began to talk to me about this, and he said, you know, he said, that sounds a whole lot like, well, these people don't have to do anything. They just get to eat, and they get to, it sounds a whole lot like just a social wel welfare program. He says, but, Brother Merriman, you don't realize, gleaning ain't easy. He says, they didn't own their own land, and they didn't own their own uh, uh, property. He says, but Jesus said, give them an opportunity, and they're going to work, and they can feed themselves. Give them some opportunity. And to glean that portion of the field is going to take some work. It's going to take some effort. Amen. But you do realize that Jesus didn't want anything left. He said even the, even the edges. He says, I want it all. Amen. God wants it. He came to seek and to save this whole world. Amen. This whole world is ready for Jesus Christ. Amen. He doesn't want one thing left into the field. Amen. And it's up to you and to me. Amen. He's calling us tonight. Amen. To reap this harvest. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Deciding when. That's another thing that's interesting. Deciding when to reap. It's difficult. You may think, well, that seed's grown. It's ready. You reap. And you go and get the combine in the field. And you just take it out of the field. Well, it's not as simple as that. I looked up online. And this verified with what a friend of mine was saying. He says, harvest timing is a critical decision. It balances the likely weather conditions with a degree of crop maturity, weather conditions such as frost or rain resulting in a wet harvest and unseasonably warm or cold periods can affect yield and quality. An earlier harvest date may avoid damaging conditions but result in a poorer yield and quality. Delaying harvest may result in a better harvest but increases the risk of weather problems. Timing of the harvest often amounts to a significant gamble. Amen. There is a reason that God didn't put it in our hands Amen. To be in control of harvest time. Amen. 
God didn't give us the, 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 the power to say, you know what? Now the field is ready. He didn't give us the decision. Amen. The Bible says there's a season for all things. In Ecclesiastes 3, in, in Ecclesiastes 3 1 and 2, says to everything there is a season and a time and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Amen. There is a time. Amen. God set the seasons in, in order. Amen. When he created this world. Amen. God established these things. Amen. God set this, this whole system in motion. Amen. But he does say we will reap in its due season. There comes a time when the time of reaping comes. Amen. You better be willing and able to reap. Amen. Because the season's going to pass. Amen. And that time will be long gone. Amen. And you will no longer be able to reap because the harvest will be spoiled. Amen. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We're going to reap. Amen. In due season. Hallelujah. Genesis 8 says, While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Amen. I'm telling you, now is time for harvest. Amen. God is saying, now is the time of the harvest. He's saying, I need somebody. He's going to come in on Sunday, on Thursday night and say, I'm looking for laborers. I'm looking for laborers. Are you ready? Okay, I need some laborers over here. Hey, you, you look like you're sitting there doing nothing. How about you? Are you willing to go out and labor in my fields today? How about tomorrow? I need somebody because you know what? He realized, this householder realized there's going to come a time. He knew it was a gamble. Now is the harvest time. It was the best time to reap the crop. He said, I need labors. I need them early in the morning. I need them at noontime. I need them in the afternoon. I just need labors and I need them now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God. Amen. For the harvest. Amen. He's looking down and saying, now it's time. Now it's time. Amen. And Matthew 9 verse 37 38 says, then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest. Amen. Jesus is saying the harvest truly is plenteous. Amen. You want a full house of people that need the Holy Ghost? Amen. I do. Amen. This Easter Sunday, we want to see this house full, right? Amen. Son, this coming Sunday, I want to see visitors in the house that need the Holy Ghost, right? Jesus said, amen, out there, amen. My, my friend doesn't take the combine inside his house. He doesn't plant a seat in the living room. Amen. We, we sometimes, I think, we try to plant and water and reap inside the house. Amen. Sometimes we need to get outside the house. Amen. We don't like it outside the house because it's hot out there. It's raining out there. The wind is blowing out there. It's tough out there. We might get sunburned. Amen. It's hard work out there. It's, it's, it's labor intensive. That's why they call it. He's saying I need labors because you know what? It takes work and it takes effort. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It takes effort. Amen. To go into a country that they say has never had an apostolic breakthrough. And they have never really had a breakthrough of the Holy Ghost, the Jesus name baptism. 
amen, this oneness message that we preach. They've never had that, amen. That's hard work. I've never been there. Amen. The odds are against you before you even go. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know what it's like, but I know what it's like in Olathe. I know that we all can't be missionaries to Spain because who's going to win the people in America? Amen. Jesus said the harvest is plenteous. Amen. There are some that have to go to Spain because God says, I need you to go to Spain. Amen. Jesus called and said, I need a laborer to go to Spain. Amen. Jesus is calling, I need a laborer in Olathe. Amen. That's willing to do what it takes. That's willing to put forth the effort. Amen. Because they're going to have revival if there are laborers. We're going to have revival if there's somebody willing to do the work. Amen. We can't sit and pray, God, send them if we're not willing to go. Oh, hallelujah. I'm talking about revival in Olathe. I'm talking about revival where you live, where you go, the places you you go, and the people you come in contact with. The harvest is plenteous. I tell you, I work with plenty of guys that need the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm in construction. They all need the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. But God is calling us tonight because the harvest truly is plenteous. Amen. Amen. You know what? It may be hard work, but there is joy. Amen. There's reward in doing something for God. Working and laboring for God. In Luke chapter 10, verse 1 and 2 says, After these things the Lord appointed others, uh, appointed others 70 also and sent them two and two before His face. Into every city and place whither, whither he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. Amen. The Lord of the harvest. It's not our harvest. It's the Lord's harvest. Amen. That he would send forth labors into his harvest. Amen. Seventy he sent out. Amen. Seventy people willing to do something for God. Amen. Seventy people willing to to do a work for God. Amen. Willing to labor. Jesus came and saw them. And, and, and he asked. Are you willing to go? And they said we're willing to go. Amen. And you go. It, it skipped down to verse 17. It says and they returned. This is after. This is after they had gone. And, and they had uh, witnessed. And they had, had spoken about Jesus. They had gone in the name of Jesus Christ. And they had done a work. And they had labored for Jesus. Amen. It says, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Amen. They had joy in doing a work for God. Amen. There's nothing like somebody, you know, witnessing to somebody or talking to somebody and them saying yes. Amen. And them saying, yes, I would love to come to church. Yes, I would love a Bible study. There is joy, amen, when you see them. It may take six months. It may take a year. It may take a one time asking. But when you ask and they come and you see them full of the Holy Ghost, there's joy in working, amen, for God. Hallelujah. The time, amen, the same thing goes is you realize if you're going to do something for God, and you're going to go, and you're going to work, and you're going to labor. Amen. We've testified, Brother So-and-so testified about it tonight. It says, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Which leads me to believe they face the devils. Yeah. 
they had to face devils. Amen. So they were asked, you want to go? And they said, sure, we'll go. They didn't just go for the scenery, for the motel stay. Amen. They went to labor and to work for God. And the devil knew it. Because it tells me by the fact that they were faced with devils and they overcome the devils. Amen. That they were subject unto that spirit within them. They were doing something that hell did not like. Amen. When they began to stop praying God send the harvest and say God send me. Amen. And God sent me to do something. And they actually put forth the effort and said, you know what? Well, let's go. That's us too. We got to go over here. And we're going to witness to so-and-so. And we're going to talk about Jesus to so-and-so. And we're going to talk to the Trinitarians about this and say, you know what? There's only one true living God. And his name is Jesus Christ. You know what? That gets hell all riled up. And the devil doesn't like it. Amen. And you're going to get faced with the enemy. And you're going to get faced with the devil. You're going to have people slam doors in your face. Amen. But if the Bible doesn't say that came back discouraged it says they came back with joy and the fact that they said you know what when the devils came when the enemy came you know what when we went in Jesus name it says them devils are subject to us even whatever we tell them to do they got to do what we say amen I tell you what if you want victory in your life if you want to tell the devil in hell to go where you want them to go amen do a work and go to work for God Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you're working in God's field, you got the authority of the name. Amen. You got the power of His name when you're working for Him. Amen. You realize that only those that were willing to accept the call worked in His field. Amen. They were allowed to reap that harvest. Amen. God only wants... The harvest, and he says it's time. He doesn't want to wait. Amen. And John 4, 35 and 7, 35 and 37 through 37 says, Say not ye that are yet four months and then come harvest. It says, Don't say we've got time. I don't want you to say we've got time. Okay? This isn't time to say, Well, you know, we can, you know, uh, maybe I'll, I'll talk to them next week. Or maybe I'll do something for God in, in, in you know, whenever I get done with this because. I'm too busy with this in my life right now that I, I can't really put forth the effort, so I'm going to wait. Jesus said, don't say that there's four months and then comes the harvest. Then we'll have revival. Jesus doesn't care about anything but the harvest. He doesn't care what you've got to lay down in your life. He says it's harvest time. He doesn't care if you've got to give up your thing, your toy. He says it's harvest time. He says it's time to reap. And I say the harvest is ready. Hallelujah. The fields are white and they are ready for some laborers to go out. And I don't care about anything else. Hallelujah. 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 He says, Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes. Don't, don't, you're, you got your head down at what you're doing. You're not focusing, you're not paying attention. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. Amen. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true. One soweth. And another reapeth. Amen. Jesus came to save this world. Amen. The Adam and Eve, they fell into sin. 
Amen. And we needed a mediator. We need somebody to reconcile this thing. Amen. This world is full of sin. Amen. This world has a weight as a debt of sin upon it. Amen. The hour. If you look, at the signs of the time are all around us. Amen. At any, at any moment, I don't know when God's coming. You don't know when God's coming. Amen. The greatest scholars don't know when God's coming. Amen. The angels don't know when He's coming. Amen. I don't know who we are to think we've got it down to a certain uh, period of time. God said He's coming back. That's what I believe. Amen. And He's saying, you know what? Don't wait. Don't take too much time because right now you have the daylight. Right now you have an opportunity. Amen. Because the fields are white. It's almost too late. You know what? This is a gamble. You're taking too much time. We need to get going. Amen. You know what we see? We think about this and we think a lot of times revival. We get people in and it makes us feel like something. And we think it's, a, it's awesome. It's wonderful. I'm not downplaying that. Amen. But a lot of times our motives are a little off. Amen. Our motive for... for uh, you know, we may. You know, me. I want to see the new building, and I want to have. Uh, I want to. I want to build that thing, and I want to get moved into it. And I want the Spanish work that we have here. That's downstairs. I want them to take over this upstairs, and I. I want to see all these things. But you know what? Where's is this really? Because I want to see the harvest of God, or do we want to see just a a, a a bigger church, or or. Uh, or, or does it do something to our ego or to ourselves? Amen. Be transparent with yourself tonight. Amen. Are you in his field or are you in your own field tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. We ought to be working together for the same purpose. Amen. And that's for the kingdom of God. Amen. We can't have our own little worlds going on. Amen. Because it's going to cause divisions and it's going to cause stripes. Amen. All I want, amen, is to work for God and to see somebody filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If the musicians would come, I'm just about through. Amen. Matthew 4, chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. It says, And Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brother, brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Amen. These were professional. This was their job. Amen. This wasn't like I get home uh, from work and I'm going to take the little boy out and go fishing. They weren't just having a good time. This was their job. Amen. They knew what they were doing. They, had a, uh, they knew that their survival was catching fish. Amen. They knew the tricks. They knew what it took. Amen. They knew where to go. They knew how to, to lower the nets. They knew how to do all the things that it took. Amen to receive or to catch the fish, amen? But Jesus calls them. He says, you know what? There's something that Jesus saw inside of them. I think and it was that desire and that understanding of what it took. Jesus knew and says, you know what? They know what it takes to work and to, to labor and to work until they get a catch. Amen? Because they're not satisfied. Jesus foresaw, I guarantee you, he saw Peter and he saw Andrew and he said, you know what? I bet you they, they're going to fish all night until they catch something. They're going to work until they catch something. They're going to put forth the effort until somebody gets on that line. Amen? Do we have that effort tonight? Do we put forth that energy tonight? Amen? Well, they said no. Well, okay, then that's it, I guess. Amen. Does Jesus look at us and say he's got persistence? 
they have what it takes, amen, to wait and to, to try and to lower the nets until they catch something. Amen. Jesus is wanting us to catch something, amen. But he wants to know how willing we are to wait on it and to wait on his time. Amen. John 21. This is my last passage of scripture. John 21, verse 1 says, But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto him, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. He asked them, Have you caught anything? They said, No, we haven't caught anything. Thanks for rubbing it in. Buster, you know. They didn't know who it was. They just knew that somebody, it was probably one of them, No, <laughs> leave me alone. We've been out here all night. And verse 6 says, And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. Hey, man, I don't know who you are. This is my job. I've done this all night long. I've fished this place a thousand times in my life. I don't know who you think you are. I don't know what in the world you got going on. Or, or, or you know, maybe, you're, you're a, maybe you work at Bass Pro. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe you think you know something about because you got a little badge that says I work at Bass Pro. But... You know what Peter says? You know what? He didn't. He, he says, you know what? I want to catch a fish. I've been out here all night. You know what? Okay. He took it as a challenge. He says, you know what? I, I, I want to catch something. I'm not happy going home empty-handed. I'm not going home to my, to my wife. I'm not going home to my family without some kind of catch. I'm not going home without something. So you know what? I think I might give it another shot. Hey, Amen. Because it's not... The, the, the harvest is not what Peter could catch. Amen. He tried all his ways. Amen. He tried his time. Amen. Right. We established that the Lord is the Lord of the harvest. Right. Amen. So when the Lord says, hey, why don't you cast your nets one more time? Amen. Peter was obedient because he, did, he had that persistence. Amen. And was willing. And he says, they therefore... They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. The one more time, amen, when Jesus says it's time to cast your nets again, amen. Church, we better begin to cast our nets, amen, because whenever he gets ready to provide, amen, the harvest, and when that time comes, hallelujah, we will not be able to contain it if we are willing to drop our nets one more time, if we're willing to go to the field one more time, if we're willing to reap one more time, God will will provide the harvest. Amen. If we are willing to reap. Hallelujah. Amen. Therefore that disciple, verse 7, whom Jesus loved, saith unto Peter, it is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, amen, he girded his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from the land, but as it were 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes. Amen. I want to see us dragging some folks. Amen. To church. Compel them to come in. Amen. Whatever it takes, if we got to get the van every, every service, whatever it takes, if we got to drag them to church. Amen. If we got to pick them up, if we got to whatever we got to do. Amen. I want to do. Amen. As soon as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land full of great fishes, and hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Amen. They had been out fishing all night long. Hadn't caught a thing. 
I'm sure they were discouraged. I'm sure it felt like a pretty big trial. I'm sure that was a dry spell. Amen. They felt like they had gone through. You know, that's a, you know, we've done this last night. We caught some and, you know, we caught some the night before. You know, we used to have really good church and we used to always have visitors. And, you know, I can remember the, the last Easter or the Easter before we had this many. And, you know, it seems like things are starting to dry up around here. But I tell you tonight, God is the God of the harvest. Amen. And he's telling us, amen. Pastor spoke about it. Amen. We need to dip our nets down again. The Lord is the Lord of the harvest. And when the Lord says dip, amen. The one day, we, the, the one moment we can dip on this side of the, of the boat and we get nothing. But you know what? When Jesus says, you know what? I'm calling all the laborers, amen, at New Life Pentecostal Church to come and work in my field. Amen. I will make you fishers of men. I will make you, every time God says, I'm going to give you the increase. I'm going to give you increase. The harvest is ready. Amen. And if we can dip, amen, on the right side of the boat tonight. Amen. Let's look ahead tonight. Let's look up tonight. Amen. For the fields that are white, they're ready for harvest. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand together with me tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray to God. Amen. That we would be laborers. Amen. That God would use us. God, use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Well, come on, let's talk to the Lord. Let's talk to him. God's talked to us now. Let's talk to him. Hallelujah. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I want us in just a minute to come and talk to the Lord. Gather around the front and pray that God burns this message deep, deep within our hearts. There's a couple things that I want to say before we come. First of all, in case anyone thinks that Brother Merriman was just grandstanding because we had a missionary here tonight, Brother Merriman didn't know we had a missionary until he got to church tonight. He had no idea what was going on until he got here tonight. God had already given him this message. And he had it ready to preach to us. Now I'm telling you, the Lord talked to this church tonight. Hallelujah. And really, the, the, the whole point of a paradigm shift, a change of mindset, was really proved in one verse of Scripture when he read Matthew 9 and 38. Jesus issued his prayer request. He said, there's something I want you to pray about. And we have gotten 
the prayer wrong. Because we are praying for the harvest. And that's not what Jesus said. He had already stated that the harvest is plenteous. If the harvest is plenteous, why pray for a harvest? He said, I'll tell you what I need you to pray about. I need you to pray to the Lord of the harvest. When you get on your knees, you need to remember his position in all of this. He's the master of the harvest. And then pray that he'll send laborers. I'm going to tell you something. If you pray to the Lord of the harvest that he sends laborers, you know what you're really doing is you're saying, here am I, Lord. Send me. There's a harvest out there. It's ready. It's ripe. But it's waiting on me. Now, my final comment before we come to pray. In his last passage of scripture from John 21. I don't know if you saw yourself or not. But I felt prompted of the Lord. That there are people sitting here tonight that say, but, Brother Merriman, but, Pastor, I have been inviting. I have been working. I have been talking to people. And I haven't seen anything happen. Did you see yourself in that passage? They said, we have toiled all night and have caught nothing. But do you know what made the difference? Is when the master said, I'm going to direct you. And what we're missing, church, is we're not spending enough time with the Lord of the harvest for him to tell us which side of the ship we're supposed to cast on. Hey, I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm telling you. I appreciate the nets you've been casting. I appreciate the work you're doing. But I'm telling you, somehow we got to get the mind of God and let him direct us right here, right here. This is the place. This is where they're hungry. This is the house where they've been praying. This is the person that's been seeking. This is the person that's been crying out. When we start casting on the right side of the ship, Oh, Hallelujah. When the voice of the master directs us to the place to cast our nets, I'm telling you, we will not come up empty. We will not come up empty-handed if we're following the direction of the Holy Ghost. And so now it's time to pray. It's time for us to talk to the Lord of the harvest and ask Him, Lord, I, I've toiled all night. And I'm telling you, I know some of you have. Some of you have worked. You've invited. You've put forth efforts. And I'm thankful for that. But it's time to talk to the Lord of the harvest and say, all right, Lord, I'm tired of casting on the wrong side. Would you send me to the right side? Show me where the right side of the ship is. Show me where those hungry fish are. Well, hallelujah. Show me, Lord. 
Show me, Lord, where the right side of the ship is. I want to cast my net right there. Come on, let's find a place and talk to the Lord, everybody. Let's talk to the Lord. Let's talk to the Lord.